Hello to all of our listeners. Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with you again today. It's wonderful that we have this blessing through the medium of radio to be able to come together each day here and search the Scriptures and do exactly that. Get into God's Word. Dig a little bit deeper. Learn a little bit more. Try to get some better understanding of what the Bible really does teach us and how it guides us to live lives faithful to God and according to His will. You know, the Bible is one of the greatest blessings that God has ever bestowed upon mankind. It is truly our guidebook through life, and not just through life, but to lead us to heaven for eternity, eternal life. How blessed we are to have God's Word. And here in this country, we take it for granted, don't we, to a great extent. It's not like it is in many parts of the world where Bibles are so sparse and so few in number and so difficult to obtain and they're just revered. Having a Bible, it would be a tremendous, tremendous event and blessing for so many people in some parts of the world. And yet we just take it for granted. Bibles are everywhere. You can get one for a dollar perhaps at a dollar store or you could have one given to you if you don't even have the dollar to pay for it yourself. They're just in such abundance. Now, that old statement, familiarity breeds contempt. So we have the Bible in such abundance. Anybody could have one who wants one. You could ask for one from somebody, and somebody would give you one for free if you, if you can't afford to buy one yourself. And yet we so little utilize it. So much of our population, such a large segment, almost never reads the Bible. Almost never reads it. If you ask some people, tell me the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, they'd be hard-pressed to tell you. If you ask many people, tell me what the first four books of the New Testament are, they'd be hard-pressed to tell you. You see, we have the access to it, such ready and abundant access, and we don't appreciate it. We don't count that as the blessing that it, that it really should mean to us. But in other parts of the world where they have such limited access to the scriptures, oh, how they would like to have a Bible. People line up to receive one when missionaries go to those particular parts of the world and begin to distribute Bibles. And uh, you'll find cases where missionaries are doing that and they run out before the end of the line and some people don't get one. Well, I'm glad that you're here on Search the Scriptures. I'm glad that you tune in and that you want to study God's Word, that you want to learn more from what His Word teaches us. And that's really what we're about to a great extent here in Search the Scriptures. Bottom line, we want to bring God glory. We want to glorify Him, but doing that through teaching His Word to as many people as we can. Now, I want to encourage you, at the end of the program, we'll tell you how to contact us, and you can do that. So have a pencil or a pen ready, and a piece of paper, and you can jot down that information. And then we'd love to send to you, if you'll simply contact, contact us and ask for it, we'd love to send you a free Bible study. Right now, a whole lot of people have got a whole lot of extra downtime, and they're stuck in their homes for long parts of the day, Use it productively. Use it in a positive way to help you grow in your faith and to grow closer to God. We'll send you that study. It's free. We'll take care of the postage. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD for free. And again, 
we'll take care of the postage. So have a pencil or pen, piece of paper ready, jot down that information at the end of the program today. Let me also encourage you, go to our website, churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. And while you've got all of this extra downtime, again, use it productively. You can click on our listen button on the, on the homepage of our website, and you can download all kinds of sermons, radio programs, podcast lessons. They're all there. It's all free. You can click on the articles button and you can pull up and download all kinds of spiritually and biblically based articles that will give you in a lot of cases a lot of scripture study to go along with those. Again, it's all free. You can scroll down on our home page and you'll come to a podcast button that says sign up and you can click on that button and you can quickly and easily sign up for our podcasts and again that's free. And if you do that, you receive all of the radio programs every day. You receive every sermon each week, and you receive every podcast lesson that we post on podcasting. All of that is free, and you'll have all of that ready access to all of that biblically-based study material coming right from God's Word. So we encourage you to do that and pass on that information to others so they can take advantage of that opportunity as well and use this downtime again in a more productive way. Now we're going to get back into our study. We've looked at it in an introductory kind of way and then yesterday we got more into the deeper scripture study and we're going to continue that today. We're talking about this real this reality that we find ourselves in right now. Going through this epidemic that has swept across our nation and It's just changed our lifestyle for this period of time, at least. We pray that that's going to be short-lived and that's going to be over soon and we can go back to a normal lifestyle. Well, that's our prayer. And I know that God is all-powerful and I believe he can lead us back to that and deliver us from this epidemic. In fact, I believe he will deliver us from the epidemic. Now, but right now, things are kind of upside down. They're backwards. They're turned inside out. Our regular way of life is turned topsy-turvy. Well, we need to understand that this is not just a medical crisis. And I know that many people have different opinions as to how this epidemic came about, where did it come from, why did it happen, how did it happen, and so on. But certainly, we recognize that it is a medical crisis whole lot of people have become infected. Not all of them have actually become very sick, but many have. Many have ended up in hospitals, in intensive care units, on ventilators, and many have died. Now, almost all of those who become infected, they recover. The vast, vast, vast majority. But when you're talking about the numbers and the scale that we're talking about, uh, in, in the reality of what's going on right now, even that very small percentage of deaths is still extremely significant. So we care about that. Every person is important because every person is a soul. Now, what, what we've been trying to get across is that 
looking at this just as a medical crisis is really short-sighted because whatever the cause, whatever the reason, the world is struggling through this pandemic and epidemic right now. Be absolutely assured the devil is trying to take advantage and use it to tear down people's faith and to pull them away from God. Now again, whatever the cause, whatever the reason for this pandemic and this epidemic, the devil is trying to take advantage and use it for his purposes to tear down people's faith and to pull them away from God. So while we are engaged in a medical crisis right now, a medical battle, we're also engaged right now in deadly spiritual warfare. We look back at Revelation chapter 12, and we saw that this is where the devil does his work. In Revelation chapter 12, we're looking at prehistoric humanity. Before man was ever created and put on this earth, we go back and we, we pull a scene from heaven itself. And in verse 7 of Revelation chapter 12, we read, And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. Now, the, da- the dragon is going to be identified as the devil very shortly here. And they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. Now, who did not prevail? The dragon and his angels. They fought against Michael and his angels, and they lost. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, who does the devil deceive? The whole world. That's where we live, isn't it? He was cast to where? He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accursed them before God day and night has been cast down. He's been cast down. And they they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. So this is where the devil does his work. This is his realm of influence, his playground, so to speak. This is the devil's workshop. This is where he does his work, trying to lead souls, individuals, people away from God. Now, we talked about how he is very skillful in what he does. The apostle Peter described him in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. Well, that's an interesting description. Of course, it's very vivid, it's illustrative, but it's it's depicting the devil as a wild beast, a mighty wild beast, walking around looking for someone to devour. Not looking for 
animals that lions normally feed upon, but looking for humans, looking for souls to devour. Now, you think the devil is not working through this particular health crisis right now, through this epidemic that we're facing in this world, the pandemic that has swept around the globe? Do you think he's not skillful and working at planting doubts about God in people's minds, working on their hearts, working upon their souls, telling them you, don't, you can't believe in God. If God were all-powerful, he would not have let this happen, surely. He could have stopped it. He could have eliminated it right away. Why would God not fix this right now? Planting all kinds of questions and doubts about God and about faith in God in people's minds and using this crisis, this health crisis, to try to tempt people and lure them to turn away from God. The devil does that kind of thing all the time. He knows how to take advantage of circumstances and situations to work on people's hearts. He's like that roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. And he recognizes spiritual weakness in the lives of individuals, and he knows where to hit us and how to work upon us. Again, he's very skillful at making wrong look like right, and right look like wrong. He's skillful at making good look like evil, and evil look like good. And we see the evidence of that all around us all the time. People who stand up for righteousness, people who call sin, sin, oh my, they are vilified. They are criticized. They are ridiculed for being narrow-minded and bigoted and hateful because they're simply standing up for right. They're simply standing up for godliness and righteousness. But, oh, you're not supposed to do that. Who are you? You're judging. Well, the scriptures give us the basis for making proper judgments as we go through life. And all of us make judgments on a daily basis. Should I turn right or left? Should I go here? Should I go there? Should I get involved in this or should I not? Is that someone I need to be around or not be around? We make judgments all the time, every day. We have to. In fact, our Lord himself said, judge with righteous judgment. Okay, is the devil powerful in this world? No question about it. Is, does he have some latitude to do his work in this world? Absolutely. Again, no question about it. Some people might say, well, why would God allow him to do what he does, to work on people's hearts, to try to steal people's souls, to pull them away from God. Because God did not create us as robots or automatons. He did not program us to not be able to make up our own minds on things. But God gave us free will. Free will. And he gave us the responsibility for using that free will in the right ways. The devil is powerful in this world. In John chapter 12, John chapter 12, we look over there and we want to read verse 31 and look at some of these frames of reference or these descriptive references that are given to the devil in Scripture. 
John chapter 12 and verse 31. Notice, Jesus says, now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. He's making a reference there to the devil himself, referring to him as the ruler of this world. Interesting designation, isn't it? When we turn to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we want to read verses 3 and 4, and we see similar language used in referring to the devil there by the Apostle Paul. 2 Corinthians 4 and verses 3 and 4. Paul says, but even if our gospel is veiled or hidden, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age, and God is in lower case there, not referring to God the Father, the Creator, but the God of this age has blinded. Now, who that could be referred to as the God of this age, lowercase g, blinding people from the truth and the soul-saving message of the gospel? Well, that's the devil himself again whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, and there it's an uppercase referring to God the Father, should shine on them. Well, the devil doesn't want people to learn well the teachings of God's word, the scriptures, the Bible, because he knows that that will lead people away from him, the devil, and lead them to follow God. When we look at Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Now here Paul writes, and he says, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Well, what spirit would work in the sons of disobedience? The devil, Satan himself, obviously. He's talking to people who once were outside of Christ, who once were lost in their sins, and now have turned away from sin and come to Christ. They were made alive, having been dead in trespasses and sins. But now they were made alive. They'd become Christians. They'd been baptized into Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. Their lives had changed. But now they once walked according to the course of, the, of this world. They, they walked in worldliness. They, they lived worldly lives according to the prince of the power of the air. Very descriptive terminology for the devil himself and then describes him or identifies him as the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Well, the devil wants us to disobey God. He wants us to turn away from God. He certainly does not want us to walk with God. Again, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, Peter writes about him in that very descriptive kind of reference there as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, walking about, looking for souls to pull away from God. And then, but James, say, or rather Peter says, but we can resist him. We can resist him effectively. He says in verse 9 of First Peter chapter 5, resist him 
steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Steadfast in the faith. Now that's key. That's important. We need to stay steadfast in our faith to God and in our faithfulness before him. When you go back to James chapter 4 and you look at verse 7, James talks about this conflict that we have with the devil. He says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Well, the devil is going to work on every one of us. He knows our weaknesses spiritually, and he will hammer us at those weaknesses. But now if we submit to God, that is, if we come to him in faithful obedience and dedication and commitment on a consistent, ongoing basis, well, then we can resist the devil by that means. And if we resist the devil, James says he will flee from us. Draw near to God, the next verse says, verse 8 in James chapter 4. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. What is the most effective way to resist the devil? Walk to God. Walk with God. How can we most effectively cause the devil to be out of our lives? We submit our lives to God. We submit our will to God. We walk with him. We live for him. And we trust him. And we live faithfully to him. Jesus said in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10, Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. As we live that life of consistent dedicated, obedient faithfulness, then the devil has no room in our lives. And we become, by God's grace and through his blessings, we become victorious over the devil. Now, we need to not let our guard down. While we're going through some trying times right now, and we find ourselves perhaps bordering on being vulnerable spiritually, We need to take heart. We need to remember and be confident that God is there and he will see us through this. Do not lose heart. Do not doubt God and his love for you. He loved you so much he sent his son to die on your behalf. He will deliver you from this. He will see you through if you will walk with him faithfully. Be sure to jot down that information we'll give you in just a few moments, and then let us hear from you. We hope to hear from you right away.